Okay, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Nun Tes, Pasuk Aleph, Hain Lo Kutzra Yad Hashem. So Yeshayahu is positing the question that all Jews have asked and have asked for thousands of years, why is Hashem not bringing the Geula? Why? And Yeshayahu's answer, as you could figure out, is very simple. It's not Hashem that's delaying the Geula, it's you who are delaying the Geula. And so you begin with Pasek Aleph, Hain lo kutra yad Hashem mehoshia. Do you think that God's hand is shortened that he can't stretch out and deliver you? Um, below kavda ozno mishmoa, and his ear is too heavy to hear your tefillos and your prayers? No, it's your, <coughs> excuse me, iniquities that cause this separation. It is your abonos that are separating you from the Kaddish Baruch. And your chatos that have hidden Kaddish Baruch's face from listening to you. There is a very real distinction between abonos and chatos. Avonos is a flagrant violation. It's a willful, amazing violation based on an individual not even believing in the Torah. A hate can be inadvertent, bishoge, or ignorance, etc., and of course is judged on a different standards. And now Yeshayahu is going to give the reasons for this. Why hasn't the Kaddish Baruch answered your Tvilos for Gugula? Four reasons. One, your palms are covered in blood. Morphoshim say that means in administering justice. Your legal system is so corrupt. It is so venal. It declares the innocent guilty and the guilty innocent. So your hands are stained with blood. Two, your fingers are covered with iniquity, with sins. Here we're referring to those legal scribes who draw up the documents, let's say, showing debts that one person and another. And they're, they're completely fictitious. They're lies. Continues, um, uh, Your mouths speak lies. This we're referring to these advocates or witnesses that appear to completely, totally corrupt the veracity, the testimony. And finally, um, In other words, even the litigants are, are lying, etc., uh, in terms, there is no justice system, and a justice system where between man and his fellow man is the basis of a society, of a God fearing society, and it isn't, there just is none. In Korebetzedek, moreover, no one calls out in righteousness. What does that mean, in Korebetzedek? That means you have a, completely avoided or forgotten the very uh, revered, important art, as it were, because it is an art of tochacha, of rebuking your fellow man, of correcting him. It's held to be a very important discipline 
In Judaism, where one has an obligation, you're supposed to rebuke your fellow Jew when he's doing wrong. And they don't. Tokacha has vanished as a practice, really because you're scared. Can I ask a question here? If it's, a, if it's, if it's our fault, right, then doesn't that raise the question, why did Hashem make stronger people or better people? Why do all the good people, or why are they all brought down by the mass of people who are not able to follow or do what they're supposed to do? Right? Hashem created people. He right. created them this way. Well, like for here, it's probably, they're afraid. It's fear of the consequences and what he's going to show. Even the tzaddikim are afraid to, you know, express their religiosity. There's intimidation factor. There's a feeling of ridicule. And finally, that old one, there's Bechira Chavshit. Man has the choice. He didn't create them weak or strong. He created them to, you know, do certain tasks, and they, they're frightened. They don't come up to it. They choose not to. Moreover, the Ein Nishrat Be'emunah, no one stands, that's exactly your point, no one stands up for advocating in a moon of the shem to a Kodesh Baruch to stand up against the heretics. And they're, the, they're intimidated. Everyone is scared of being branded a fanatic or, or you know, out of the pale. But Tuach are told that they place their trust in emptiness, uh, on empty, what we're going to call empty philosophies that are antithetical to Judaism. They trust in empty ideas. Empty ideas could mean they value military power. Let's build up our military. Or um, economic growth, wealth, accumulate the wealth. Or even um, they abandon their wisdom. Or, excuse me, they over-rely on their wisdom. They think they are so brilliant that that's what the basis is. And it's not. That's what's bringing them down, etc. Why? Homel the holy of them. Literally, they, they conceive in, in pain and travail and give birth to iniquity. In other words, these competitive ideologies and philosophies are in vain. In other words, all their hard work isn't based on Emunah. On the contrary, it's totally opposite of Emunah. And therefore, the only end result is that it will only end up giving birth to iniquity. Continues the number with a metaphor of poison eggs, which are the ideas. In other words, Beit they hatch poison eggs, we're referring to new ideologies, but are viper eggs, they're poisonous snakes they have hatched. Um, their attempt to control others in the web of new ideology, so that these let's continue that metaphor of eggs, are fatally poisoned. And in the end, uh, what will emerge from there, what will crawl out from the crevices of these ideologies are just poison, poisonous snakes. Now we're going to use the same thing, but as a metaphor for clothing. These weak, insipid, valueless, anti-halacha, philosophies that we have used, and we're referring over the centuries, they are um, 
pieces of cloth that will never be finished into clothes. Um, they will not clothe them. They, they're just pieces of cloth. Their deeds are deeds of iniquity. And their whole plans are filled with nothing but corruption and iniquity. And continues the Navi in no, uh, you know, not equivocating terms. They race to do evil. They go to spill clean blood. Their thoughts are evil, iniquity. Their paths are a highway to death and destruction. Continues the Navi. They don't know the road of peace. There's no justice in their pathways. They are corrupt. So whoever walks in their crooked pathways will never know shalom, will never know peace. Shalom would be a muna of faith. Therefore, and these are conditions, again, as we've said, is not particular to any one door, generation, any one century. They have driven away justice, understanding, halacha, and they've prevented the ge'ula from being answered. It's as simple as that. And in their blind distances, or in their, they are groping. They are groping in the dark. They are feeling their way around here like a blind person puts his hand on a wall to guide him. And they are wandering around and stumbling uh, in, in blindness. Even in, of course, the light of the afternoon, they are walking in deep darkness like the dead. Continuing the metaphor of Jewish people struggling, uh, to find non-Torah solution, as we say, like, like a blind groping in the dark. Now this is relating to the other nations, the other nations who have oppressed us and we have been subjugated to. There are times, Negushak Ivrim, we, I'm sorry, Nehemach Dubin, we roar like bears with a mighty defiance. We prosper, there are times in the cycle where we prosper. And then there are other times where we moan like pigeons, in surrender. So, we are hoping for justice, but it is not there. It is distant from us. It is foreign from us. Now, we shift in your base where the Jewish people, as if they recognize their sin. Yes, you're right, we have done all this. Now we do vidu. Kirabu Pashanu. Again, this is the Jewish people speaking. Kirabu Pashenu Negdecha. Our sins have, yes, been terrible against you. And our chatos have been a source of rebellion. And our sins is they testify against us. For our, our rebellion 
is with us. In other words, it is our responsibility. So in Golas, we are continuing the same sins we always do. We know what the sins are, and yet we continue them. Some of us rebel against Hashem, and we turn our back to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. We speak in oppression and thievery. And uh, the, the mere most prominent part of our hearts, our thoughts, our lies, our divrei sheker, we delude ourselves. The husak, uh, and because of this, the lack of Torah, the lack of halacha, the lack of our basis for our ideology, justice, uh, and retaliation, that the enemies, those who oppress us, should be getting, we have prevented them. We have delayed them because we have turned our backs. So in other words, yes, we are far away from Gula, but at the same time, we have also distanced the Kaddish Baruch Hu's retribution to these people who have down the centuries you know, has been delayed. Now, um, we have a deep belief, a, a mafarshim, that tells us that the Mashiach will come at one of two times. It will come when we've earned it, when our deeds warrant it, or two, the Kaddish Baruch who has a time in mind where notwithstanding our evil and our failure to do tshuva, he will bring the Mashiach, having nothing to do with us, uh, but into his divine name. So that continues the Navi Ki MS, truth stumbles on the street, and uprightness can't come in. So what will happen as a result, truth will dwindle away. And this is your point, Steve. It's going to disappear. Those who you know, stand for truth in MS will just turn away because what they regard themselves, they see how they are held in such contempt. These people will be looked upon as fanatics or demented, and they don't want to be like that. And yet, Hashem sees it. Hashem is not oblivious to this. And he considers this in many ways as unfair to his people. Even it's because that they have brought about these very circumstances. So we know, as we've said, there is a belief in Sanhedrin, Kuf, Ches, Amud, Aleph, Zohar, um, Ba'ata, you are worthy, he will come. Lo Ba'ata. And even if you are not worthy, I will see it. So in other words, there's a point where I will bring the Mashiach under circumstances having nothing to do with you. And now a very metaphorical thing showing the Kaddish Baruch Hu's feeling. Kaddish Baruch Hu sees what's going on, of course. And he is astonished by Yar, which is a very, you know, Kaviyachal. It's contributing anthropomorphical, um, what's the word? Anthropomorphical 
attributes to the Kaddish Baruch Hu that he's astonished at what's going on. He sees there's no man. There's no one stepping forward. Everyone is quiet. Now the Kaddish Baruch Hu decides the time has come. He is going to save B'nai Yisrael despite B'nai Yisrael. There's, there's no one worthy enough to intercede. Uh, no one comes to speak in defense of B'nai Yisrael by means of Trila. So Hashem now decides he is going to fulfill that belief, that prophecy that he will bring Hashem. There will be a Geula. He will bring it by himself and for his own sake, having nothing to do with you. Yud Zion. And so, he clothes himself. Now in very military metaphors, he puts armor on, a helmet of salvation, and he is going to revenge. Uh, and he puts on himself the clothing of vengeance. And we will know what this means when we find that. It's a very mysterious process. Kaddish Baruch Hu is the warrior bringing vengeance. What he will do, the Kaddish Baruch Hu, is exact. According to the deeds will they be paid, the enemies. Uh, it's a fury to his oppressors. There's going to be recompense to his enemies, payback to them in far-flung lands. We're not sure what that means. He is going to have payback time to those who oppress us. We don't know what form it'll take, and of course we don't know from them uh, exactly when. And it continues by From the West, they will fear the other nations of the world, Hashem Hashem. Umi Mizrach, the rising sun, they will fear, they will see his fury as Kvodo. He awoke in a hard sar. It will be a catastrophe. It will be like a flooding river, Hashem Nosisobo, that the Kaddish Baruch is bringing to flood. Again, we have no idea. It sounds like a catastrophe. It sounds like part of the world being wiped out. And as again, as the Rambam says, we'll only know what this means when it happens. He's the prophet of consolation. <laughs> right. And this is right in the middle of the Shiva of the There's a break here. But out of this will come Mashiachos. Uvalet Sion Goel. It says, and now a Redeemer will come to Zion. Ulushavei Pesha B'Yakov Numashem, who will repent for the sins that Yaakov did, meaning Yisrael. Very important. No matter the length of Golas, no matter the intensity of suffering, there is my bris with you, my covenant. It will always be there. It will always be that you remain the Kaddish Baruch who's chosen. My spirit of Kedusha will always be upon you. 
the words I put in your mouth, specifically the Torah, I pledge to you, will not leave your mouth, we just said that in Bolotzion, will not leave your children, and your children's children, from now to eternity, we will always, despite it all, despite yourselves, we will always be the chosen people. Tomorrow, back to Nechama and Consolation, 845.